Welcome to the Queen Player, a lifestyle podcast. Get inspired by our latest tips and information about small business, entrepreneurship, natural hair, travel, food, and even relationships. Stay tuned for another great episode. I am your host, Renee Patrice. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast once again. Um, today's topic, I didn't even know that I was going to um, talk about this. I've been trying to not get too worked up about everything that's going on um, in the world right now, of course, with um, everything happening since George uh, Floyd's Uh, murder and it has just sparked um, outrage and I think things that have just been bubbling up for a really long time because of course he is not the first person to go through this and to be you know on camera and how all of this has affected the black community and how the discussion of police brutality Um, is again in the forefront. So I have not really engaged with people too much on the subject. I've just kind of posted articles and, you know, helpful information, um, you know, that has to do with the protests, helpful information for people to donate, um, you know, to help these organizations um, bring about change. So in the middle of all of that, you know, is your life and you're living your life and, you know, trying to explain to the kids what's going on, which I can imagine is a tough thing to do. Um, And also just trying to keep your sanity. And oh, yeah, we are still in the middle of a global pandemic, don't you know? (laughs) So, you know, it's just been pretty crazy, but I wanted to kind of speak on the subject of the black community itself and us supporting each other um, across the African diaspora. So I was a part of a meeting and I'm not gonna like name names of people and all of that because I'm not about that sort of fostering negativity, but I wanted to, you know, give my thoughts on this because it was very poignant to me how, how we think about each other and how we are so divided and how that is the goal of white supremacy is to keep us divided uh, within our own group. Um, we can go down this road to talk about, um, you know, colorism, um, excuse me. And when we think about, um, colorism and, uh, you know, light skin blacks versus dark skin blacks and the colorism that exists, um, in the Caribbean is definitely a thing. You know, my background is West Indian, so that's definitely a thing there and has been for a long time. Um, even the, Uh, Latino countries um, in the Caribbean and outside, there are so many 
uh, different groups of people. And the lighter Latinos tend to be more in the forefront historically. It's not all that way, but historically that has been the case. And the darker Latinos tended to be um, the quote-unquote blue-collar workers or domestics and things of that nature. So this is something that we have seen for generations and generations. And, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, will say to me, my goodness, you know, you speak on so many topics and just, you know, are knowledgeable about these different things. Well, I'm not... You know, I'm not 21 years old, fresh out of college. You know, I'm in my 40s. So I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, and I can speak on many things. But what I do try to do is I try to educate myself on, you know, the way people feel about things and to see why they feel the way that they do. So I may not agree with you. I may not be, quote unquote, you know, siding with you on a particular subject matter, but I am least I am at least open to hearing why you feel the way that you do. So just to get to this, I was a part of a discussion with um, other uh, black female entrepreneurs and there was another woman who was speaking her piece she's in the political uh, world and she was speaking her piece um, you know about um, voting and the importance you know of down ballots and things like this so okay we're having the discussion and there was another young lady who was disagreeing with her on a subject matter. Now, my thing is like this. There is definitely a divide, and this is something that I've always seen, um, that has to do with black Americans and black people outside of Americans, like black foreigners. So when I say black foreigners, I mean West Indians, I mean African, I mean, you know, black people, but from the, you know, other parts of the African diaspora. For me personally, I am about uniting all black people. So that includes African-American, that includes Jamaicans, that includes Haitians, that includes, you know, all of our African diaspora, you know, that includes Puerto Ricans, that includes Dominicans, you know, all of that. So I want us to get together as a people. Um... I think that would be the goal of a lot of black people. But there is this divide that has always existed because even when I was in high school, I was in high school in the 80s to early 90s. And there was always this divide of the black American kids and the West Indian kids. And there was always this thing about the West Indians are coming in and taking all our jobs. And of course, Jamaica used to get hit the hardest, one of the hardest. Oh, the Jamaicans are coming and taking all the jobs. The Trinis are coming in and taking all the jobs, all this sort of stuff. And even and even Mexicans, I know they get this as well. Oh, the Mexicans, the Mexicans will come in and just take all the well, listen. From my West Indian side, it was always you, well, something my grandmother always used to say, you have to, you have to build from the bottom up. You know what I mean? You have to build from the bottom up until you can walk straight, build from the bottom up, and then you will get to the different levels. 
You can't start from the top down. You have to go from the bottom up. So I know that there are groups that are like, we want our reparations, you know, black American groups. They want their reparations and they want their 40 acres and a mule. I agree. I am not against that at all. Okay. So, you know, especially the descendants of, um, you know, directly, you know, from slavery. I get it. I totally get it. And I'm not against it. I'm so for it. But one of the things that kind of threw me in the conversation is that when I was explaining my background, you know, that my mom and dad are from Jamaica, immediately the conversation started to take a turn because it's like, well, you're not technically a black American or whatever the case may be. That's the tone of the situation. And I said, well, I am a black American. I don't really refer to myself as African American. That's kind of like the PC term that's thrown, you know, thrown around these days. I just refer to myself as black done because I feel like that covers everything, you know, because you know, a black person from Canada is not an African-American. You know what I mean? My parents are not African-American. They're just not. So, you know what I mean? So to me, what would be an African-American would be like close friends of mine whose family is from Africa. Her Both her parents are from Africa and she was born in America. To me, that is the meaning of African-American. But that's, you know, tomato, tomato, people are going to split hairs over that, whatever. I just call it black and it's, and call it a day. But it threw me how much this woman did not want to hear what anybody else had to say. You know, she would listen for a time and then it just turned into um, her being very upset and her being very ticked off, you know, about, and just calling people out and saying that they're wrong. And the thing is, it's not that the people are wrong. They may not have statistics for things. They are giving you their experience. They're giving you their experience and their experience and their, uh, path that they've walked in their life is valid. You know, so they may not have all the statistical numbers because they may not be the political, you know, um, impresario that you may be. But just for me personally, I do have a political background, a very strong political background. I chose to walk away from the political life because of the nine to five world and decided to go full time with my business. You know, and I still am in those circles here and there and I can speak intelligently on it. And the thing is, some people are so used to being the loudest one in the room and the one with all the information and the one who is always schooling people that it gets to the point sometimes that you don't listen. You hear what other people say, but you don't listen. And that is a major, major um, uh, divide with black people because you have the black Americans who are talking and saying things about, you know, non-black Americans. So talking about people from Africa, talking about people from the West Indies, you know, all this sort of stuff. When we need to be coming together, this is not the time to be divided. This is not the time. 
all of the things that were, um, you know, Tuesday was Blackout Tuesday, all the arguing that was going on, you're posting wrong, you said Black Lives Matter, we need you to take that out of the, the, the comments. I just saw so much, and I'm like, look at this division. Look at this division. This is exactly the problem. This is exactly the problem right here. I am of the mindset that you don't know where your next help is going to come from. You don't know who your next ally, you know, may be. You have no idea. Even though I knew that historically where she was coming from and the organization would not even directly benefit me, I still would like to help in the fight that involves my community. And I don't care if it's black Americans. I don't care if it's West Indians. I don't care if it's people from Nigeria, Ghana, whatever. But all this infighting and all of this, um, you know, disagreements and splitting of hairs over things that really doesn't matter. It's like, look, you can't be so staunch on your said agenda that you forget about the rest of everybody else. I can stand on my agenda for black female entrepreneurs. Yes, that is the standout thing for me. But I also understand that there may be other entrepreneurs that may not even be black that may be interested in my subject matter. They may be interested in, hey, how can I help? which I have actually got a lot of that in the past couple of weeks. So you never know where your next ally may come from. You never know where your next, um, you know, person who is going to support you. You have no idea. So my thing is when you come to the table and you come to the table barking at people and not listening to where they're coming from, it is. It is very disheartening to have a situation like that. It is very um, divisive within our own communities to have something like that because somebody said something that may be inaccurate. Well, instead of barking at them how inaccurate they are, just point out, well, actually, statistically speaking, this is this, this, that, or the other because they really may not know. So the conversation you know, got heated at times um, and then it settled down and heated again and settled down. And basically it was like my main point was that most people go to the polls, black, white, green, purple, whatever. Most people go to the polls, um, you know, for voting and don't even understand the voting process. They just know there's this side and that side. And some people just go to the polls and vote for the lesser of the, the two, the lesser of the evil from the two sides. They don't even research who else is on their ballot. And a lot of those people never vote in their local elections, which really affects you way more than the presidential election. 
because your local people are the folks that deal with your judges. They're the folks that work closely with your police departments. They're the folks that work with Department of Transportation, all that sort of stuff. So that pothole on your street that's been tearing up your car for five years and ain't nobody doing nothing about it. Your local politicians and folks like that are the ones who deal with that stuff. Your city aldermen, all of that, your council members. Those are so important. You need to show up for those. So my point in our, you know, conversation was most people don't even know who their local politicians are. They're senators at the state level. They're house members at the state level. Maybe we need to educate folks on that so they can understand the importance of your organization and your plight and what you're bringing to the table because a lot of people just feel I'm never going to vote so then the whole thing turned into well we got to give them something to vote for give them something to vote for I'm like okay but you're working from the top to the bottom instead of the bottom to the top at the very core of this is that people just don't understand the voting process So let's educate them on the voting process. You're trying to push an agenda, but you're pushing an agenda and you want people to support you, but you won't even listen to their experience because you just have this one agenda and you're just plowing through with this agenda. But why should I support you? I would never support someone that I feel may fly off the handle in a meeting because I'm not going to feel like you're going to represent me. I want somebody well that's going to, you know, that's going to represent me in my community and for whatever the particular um, agenda is. But you're not going to get votes and you're not going to get support or whatever it is that you're doing. You're not going to get that support when you don't even listen to what other people have to say. So anyway, as we go on, it got escalated, started getting escalated to the point that um, she decided to end her side. We were kind of like on a Zoom type phone call and um she was like basically like you know I've been doing this you know for a long time I know what I'm talking about and you're an immigrant so you're not going to understand and I was just like wow and she hung up she you know left the phone call the other young lady that was on the phone call had already left so she did not experience this situation so it was just one other person and myself on the call and we were just stunned like wow (laughs) You know, we were like, okay, so we, we had a good conversation, maybe a good, you know, 10 more minutes after that. And I'm like, you know, and we're of the same mind that we want the unity of the black community as in the African diaspora on a, as a whole. So we understand that there are smaller things within that, but the bigger picture is for us to be on a united front. And I said to her, I said, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood where there was like, you know, in a one mile radius, not even, there was like 10 Baptist churches. Why? Why? Y'all all preaching and teaching the same doctrine. Why is there 10 Baptist churches? When the churches used to let out on Sunday, that is the worst place in the neighborhood you want to be because the traffic is snarled for hours when church lets out. 
it was just ridiculous. And I said, well, why can't they just build one, you know, central Baptist cathedral or something? It's just crazy to me. Back in the day, you had the one Baptist church, you had the one Catholic church, you had the one mosque, you had the one Jewish temple, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't even understand. So, but again, to me, that shows a lack of unity. And you may say, well, it's churches, it's individual churches. Yeah, it is. But you're all of the same faith and you're separated everywhere. And a lot of that has to do is how throughout history, um, you know, how we have been pit against each other. You had people, especially with slavery, you had the, the black people who were out in the field. So you had the field slaves and then you had the house slaves and the house slaves were always being told, hey, I'll give you the good food. You can be in here with us in the nice big house. If you tell me what the what the field slaves are up to, when are they trying to escape? What's the story? Give me the scoop and I'll give you anything you want in here. You know, so it's been this this um, it, it's just been this divide that has been going on. There was a debate actually um, on Twitter earlier this week, and it was Dominicans. Um, it was talking about Dominicans and how it was, well, not just Dominicans, but it was talking about um, folks from Latino heritage who deny, uh, on the Latino backgrounds who deny their African heritage. So you had Dominicans on there that were speaking, you had um, Puerto Ricans on there that were speaking, and, you know, different other Latino groups who have an African heritage and history. And there were so many that were like, I never used to, you know, acknowledge my African ancestors and history and all of that. And, you know, I had to break away from that. You know, my family was always about, you know, straightening their hair and, you know, my hair was always curly and, you know, I never really embraced that piece of me, you know, but over the years, especially when I moved out on my own, you know, I embraced that other side, you know, of my heritage. And it's a major piece of your heritage, especially the the Latino countries that are in the Caribbean. You are Caribbean people, just like the Jamaicans, (laughs) you know, you are Caribbean people. So we have to get away from, it's beautiful that we have all these amazing facets that make us up, um, you know, make up the, the African diaspora, but we have to get away from this divide. This divide is literally killing us. Just the fact that we were struggling to decide how to to um, pull, you know, how to pull together Blackout Tuesday. I was so I don't even know if I want to say disappointed, but I was so like annoyed with that situation because people were going around to people's, you know, Um, comments and saying, take the Black Lives Matter, you know, um, hashtag out of there, you're ruining pertinent information and this, that and the other. And I'm saying to myself, social media has become a place to get pertinent information on the black struggle. That's pretty sad. Because if you go to the Jewish community, they don't have to go to social media for nothing. You go to the Asian communities, they don't have to go to social media for anything. 
They form their groups and they meet on a regular basis to have discussions in their places of worship, in people's homes. They run for office, all of this stuff. So the fact that we have had to rely on social media, and don't get me wrong, I'm glad social media is there because it's highlighting a lot of things that we would normally not see. But it's sad that we have to use that. That's uh, has been such a platform we, that, you know, and really what people were saying was absolutely true. When people were putting up the black squares, um, using the Black Lives Matter hashtag, it was drowning out all of the videos and, you know, evidence of, you know, police brutalities that shockingly is still happening um, through all the protests and all of that. So I understood their point, but the fact that that was not well communicated, there was no one really at the head of what was going on or to clear it up. Um, there was a few people that, you know, tried to make, few activists that tried to make videos and, you know, getting celebrities to retweet, you know, and repost those videos on IG so that people could be informed. But by that time, it was kind of halfway through the day and it was just confusing on how all that was supposed to work. Because some people thought that we were supposed to be quiet, and then other people said, no, this is the time to put the black square up in solidarity, but to amplify, you know, black businesses and this and that, whatever. Overall, it became a situation that it actually made the news. The, you know, the disorganization actually made the news, which that definitely ticked me off because it actually made CNN and a couple other major news outlets. And I was like, look at this, you know, but a lot of that has to do because everybody, even in crisis, because we are in a crisis, even in crisis, we still are divided. Even in crisis, we can't come together. And that is one of the saddest things ever. I've never have been perfect in my thinking or perfect in the way that things are presented in life. But I definitely, definitely um, am about the entire black community. And I don't care if your background is from you know, Egypt. I don't care if your background is from Ethiopia. I don't care if it's South Africa, wherever you are from, Canada, it does not matter. Part of the African diaspora, I want to be in the circle of positivity with you, period. And anyone who is not part of the African diaspora, as far as their heritage, and they want to help, you are welcome to help. And that's just how I see it. So when you shut people off and you shut them down and you don't allow them to share their experience, to me, that says that you are closed off to learning. Because unless it's your agenda and your you know, situation, you're really not trying to learn anything. And you feel like something is owed to you. If you think that this country, the way it's set up, is about to just hand out free reparations to black people. Well, you can wait on that if you want to. 
I would love to see it happen. But until then, what are we going to do to work together? What are we going to do to keep the unity amongst our people? It's very rare that you hear about dissension amongst the Jewish community. If there's infighting, you will barely hear about it because they keep family business as family business. One of the things that the black community is notorious for is airing people out, giving names and, you know, just doing all types of stuff. It's just crazy to me. But I wanted to... to Um, speak on this because this is the very thing that divides us. This is the very thing that causes dissension. And I know white supremacy exists. And I know dissension handed down to us from white within white supremacy is definitely a thing that exists. But we do it to ourselves as well. And this is a great time for us to acknowledge mistakes that we have made and ways that we can make things better. And we have to do better. That's all I got. Kind of a rant, kind of information, kind of all over the place. I get it. But unity is the thing. Unity is the name of the game. And the black community has got to come together. This is a very different feeling than any of the other protests and things. I've been in the protest game probably since, man, maybe high school, college. I definitely have always been a part of organizations fighting for some type of justice somewhere. Always. That's always something that I've done and something I've been very proud of. You know, I have been an organizer for different, you know, uh, subject areas, everything from um, inner city hunger to working with the Boys and Girls Club, Covenant House, all these things. I'm well versed in this. And there are plenty other people out there who feel the same way. But I never enter a room like I know it all. I enter a room to learn. Because that's how you can better serve your community by learning. So if you are interested in being a part of our talks, and we are definitely going to be doing more of them, feel free to email me at info at onyxqueenmedia.com or you can follow me on my social media um, at Onyx, O-N-Y-X, Queen, Q-U-E-E-N, Media, M-E-D-I-A. Talk to you soon, you guys. Bye.